Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. This is our 98th episode now, our 98th episode, and we can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. From there, you can download all of our previous 97 episodes. You can stream them, you can download them. You'll see the links there onto iTunes, where you can also download the episodes and leave us a review, if you will be so kind. We are on Twitter at at LA Podcast. We're on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. And we're on Tumblr at, uh, what would that be, www.lapodcast.tumblr.com. And if any of you don't know, and I'm sure you do, but Tumblr is spelled T-U-M-B-L-R. Yeah, where have you been, losers? Um, well, I still don't even really know what it is. No, I know. But, uh, but uh, You're including that comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Rob, uh, just before we start and get on with our stories, um, I understand, because you, you mentioned something when you arrived here, we didn't get the chance to talk about it properly, so I want to talk about it more with you now. You, you mentioned that you're going away this weekend mm. and that you, you needed then somebody to look after your cats. If it, listeners who don't know, Rob has three cats at home. Um, yeah, I mean, also... What are their say, names again? Nibbler, let me see if I can remember. Socks. Yes. Uh, Nibbler. Yep. And the other one... Well, who's the one who's got the... The one who's got conjunctivitis? Oh, well done. Yeah, but... Well, what's technically it? it's herpes, but... Right. Uh, her name's Moo. Moo. Uh, yeah. Oh. Not, not, not. She, it's not sexually. Basically, when she was a kid, she had cat flu, which as a result gave her. She cries. Right. So her name's not herpes. She cries black tears. Really? Well, it's more brown to be fair. Anyway, whatever. So, yeah, sorry. So anyway, and then you <laughs> mentioned. We didn't have a chance to talk about it, so we're having to do it now because I really need to know about this. You told me that you'd found somebody off the internet to look after your cats, and how did you go about that? You Google cat sitters epping. Comes right. up. There's actually quite a few. I was quite surprised. Right. So, so but how do you know you're not going to get some sort of pervert who's going to make love to the cats well, for the weekend? How do you know it's not going to be? You a always cat? take that risk. I mean, he, <laughs> this is the. I mean, we've 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 tried a few people uh, before. We and uh, the, the f- including me. Oh no! This is this is since I've been living up in mm-hmm. in, in, in uh, Essex. The first lady was. What? Oh, she not She was very very. I don't know. Overbearing, I think. She's, she's one of those who was... Uh, Shouted at the cats. No, no, not, not that way. But I think... she's You know when someone's just very, very energetic? And you feel that when they, as soon as they get out of the door, they just burst into tears. Right. On the verge of... Anxious, basically. Anxious, I think. What about this person you found? It's a man. I, quite, a... I really like him. He, so do you so... meet him before he sits the cats? Yes. Yeah, so he came around last night. So we're going away this weekend um, to a friend's wedding. And so he came around last night to... to Meet the cats if they're around because they, they go out and about um, and also choose himself and we sign some forms and exchange some cash and so on. Then after the sex, we, uh, we sign the paperwork. Um, but anyway, he, I'd left my back door open. That's not a euphemism. Um, and he came through our patio and, uh, and sort of introduced himself and let me look through all his, um, uh, what do you call Underwear. Uh, no, 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 testimonials. Um, which he could have written himself. <laughs> which he could have written. He, he, was, he was slightly older than I was expecting. Mm. And uh, we, we talked about the cats. And then, and then we got into the conversation. He, then it, for no reason, reason he, he mentioned that he was going to a Kate Bush concert. So he, he's come over to look after some pussies and he's going on about Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what, look, you say he seemed like a nice guy. Think about it. I'm sure that there's many a cat fancier stroke cat molester who has an outward appearance of a nice, decent person. How do you know? And how do you know these testimonials are genuine? Alex, I can't believe a Kate Bush fan is going to be a pervert. <laughs> right, but that's got nothing to do with the cats. The point I'm making is you've got no guarantee that this man isn't going to have a 
drug crazed, alcohol fueled sex orgy with your Alex, cat. Alex, he told me how old he is, and by look of him, there's no chance he's, he's going to have a drug fueled or sex fueled party. How would you know if, if anything had happened bad to these cats? Because cats can't talk, Rob. That's true. No. You'll just come back and they'll be like, and that's their way of saying, you know, get help. Look, if I come back and and Moose cry real tears, then I'll know. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, Rob, look, this week I want to start us off with a few, a few stories here. Okay. Um, Because they're kind of, uh, they're kind of small. They're just, they're just small things. And, And the first is, Rob... I can't remember if it was last week. Or the, when, when did I talk about the story about the giant rat? Was that last week? Uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. Uh, was it? What, what, the one who got into the, the cot with the kid? That one? No, I don't know what you're talking about. That's ages oh. ago. I'm talking about no. the rat. The, you know, with the giant rats. And there was a picture of the pink spade with the huge oh, rat. Oh, God, yeah, that, that was last week. That rat. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll show you, Rob, a picture of a huge rat on the spade. Were people debating it was something else? Yeah, a coipi or something was it called? Uh, and that's, that's a fish. Whatever, it was something like that. But the point is, is that th- there's been all this stuff in the English tabloids about these giant rats, rats that are sweeping around the countries. And there was, I think it was a coip, was it something like that? Yeah, something like that. This person found this giant rat looks dead on the spade. I mean, this thing is, it's, I cannot describe to you how enormous it is. It's like the size of a cat. And It's pretty um, big, to be fair. I mean, yeah. whichever way you look at it. And, and uh, the, the animals as well. So, Rob, I've got an update from the 29th of April by Helloy's Wood. And the headline is, Gravesend Pick is 100% rat, according to wildlife expert, Rob. Really? Is it Chris Packham? No, it, no, it isn't. Although I did have a story about him this week. Really? He got, he got involved in altic- a violent altercation with some hunters. Oh, I can't believe that. I chose not to read it out, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. A rodent debate is rat rattling on rats. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good, yeah. After another wildlife expert declared the critter photographed on a pink spade in Gravesend earlier this month was 100% rat. Okay. The photo shared by BBC Two's Twitter feed on April the 15th appeared to show a mammoth dead rodent on the beach, but one expert thought it was a completely different animal. And this other expert said he didn't think it was a rat, he believed it was a koipu, that was it, which is a bit like a beaver. However, 53% of new shopper readers... (laughs) Rob, you're going to love this. So someone's done a survey, okay. Please listen to this sentence, I'm going to read it out as it's written. Right. However, 53% of new shopper readers, in brackets, 120 people, close brackets, oh my God. believe it was definitely a rat, compared to 37%, 83 readers, who thought it was a koipu, and 10%, 23 people, who thought it was something else entirely. Now, I don't think new shopper is saying their total listenership is, is whatever that adds up to. Yeah. I think they're saying... 226 is that right no I don't believe it is right? oh, okay. but, 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 but the point the point is I, I just love the way they 53 what they meant is 53% of new shopper readers who voted yeah. not 50% 53% of new shopper readers and then put in brackets 120 people because that makes it sound like you've got a overall listenership of a readership of about 250 people yeah oh, and we have more listeners than that Rob well just yeah <laughs> 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 that's not true no. uh, um, Ashurst who is a Dartford based freelance fishery manager and riverkeeper so she's qualified Rob she told me riverkeeper I can assure you this is in fact 100% rat I have had many years experience in this with 12 years of riverkeeping and wetland management rats live along waterways they swim a lot they will eat vole eggs chicks in fact anything they can hunt and scavenge really end of the story oh, oh okay <laughs> um and, uh, oh, and there was one um, 
comment which I enjoyed, Robert, just one, solitary, from City Girl 83 who simply said, Why do people keep on scaremongering when it comes to rats? They are highly intelligent. They won't do you any harm if they leave you alone. Yes, sewer rats aren't pleasant, but when pipe structures are damaged, they can find their way to the surface. And with people just casually dropping litter, fly tipping and refuse collections being reduced, it is easy for them to find food. Yes, they can get big, but they aren't mutants. Well, Splinter was a mutant, and as also, we talked about last time. Well, Splinter was a mutant, so she's wrong to say that all rats and are also, mutants. And think, also, I think City Girl is, is, is uh, neglecting the... Uh, well, what we affectionately like to call the Great Plague in London in, uh, I think it was 1664, which wiped out a third of Europe, but hey, who's counting? That was a myth, Rob. It was propaganda. The rats had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And my next story, Rob, is uh, to do with a car, Rob, uh, in a car park. It's a very, very short story, but I enjoyed it very much. Okay. Um, it was by Melissa Hills, who's deputy news editor, which I don't recall it. Uh, being referred to last time I read out a story by because so she seems to have had a quick promotion, Rob. And I said, Melissa Hills, I like the name. It sounds quite sexual. I reckon, oh, that's right. yeah, that's I reckon certain favours have been conducted and she's, she's, she's gone up the greasy pole quickly. That is a euphemism. Yeah. Um, th- this is the headline, Rob. It's from the 30th of April. Car all wrapped in tape in Blue Water Car Park. Right. Car, car all wrapped in tape. Yes. It would be a very annoying prank for whoever owns this set of wheels. The car was pictured on Twitter wrapped in tape and film in Blue Water Shopping Centre's car park. Do you know who this car belongs to or why it was wrapped in tape? Call the newsroom or email melissa.hills at london.newsquest.co.uk. Would you like to see the car? Of course. In Blue Water Car Park, all wrapped up in tape. <laughs> Describe for the listener. It looks like someone has gone round with a cling film and then put, uh, then wrapped it, as she says, with uh, red and white checkered tape. I think they've done quite a good job there, to be honest. Yeah, they have. Although, if you came out... They should work in, work in some sort of packing company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's How do they know that that car isn't going to be shipped somewhere? Someone might have brought that in From Blue Water Car Park. <laughs> you know, it's been stolen to order. Comments. JJ says, This is a very insensitive prank if the driver of the car is genuinely disabled and unable to remove the wrapping. However, I suspect that the person who has done this knows that the driver is not disabled and did this to point out how rude it is to use disabled parking bays or a blue badge without a real reason. And they say this, Rob, because if you look at the picture, they seem to be in one of those specially allocated spaces. I would like to say, for one, if that person isn't isn't disabled, then uh, I feel that should be a, uh, a reasonable response. But what if they were? Imagine coming out, you're disabled, you could be in a wheelchair and you come out of Blue Water Shopping Centre with all your bags to find that. Then you need to get the bus home. <laughs> but last guy, Rob, Lord, <laughs> Lord Righteous clears this up and says, it's a mother and a baby bay, not a disabled one. Right, okay. So, anyway, if anybody knows anything about that, do get in contact with either us or the new shopper or, or the police. But uh, I think they might have bigger fish to fry. Mm. And Rob, my last story here is... Uh, a bit more of a serious one, Rob. It's from the 1st of May. Okay. May Day. And, uh... <laughs> so, uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that, Alex. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you didn't need to respond. Oh. No. Anyway. May the 4th be with you. Oh, that's May the 4th. That's, that's, <laughs> that's May the 4th, which I'm looking forward to enormously. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan, yeah. for any listeners who don't yet yeah, know that. And uh, the, there's no journalist listed, but the, um... <laughs> the story is Labour, in quotes, desperate... For picking three O'Neills to fight Bexley Council leader with the same name. What? Right. <laughs> Labour has been accused of being desperate after they nominated three local election candidates in one ward with the same name as a sitting councillor. Why does that make them desperate? Well, think about it. 
because they're trying to confuse voters into voting for the wrong person. Oh, okay. Bexley's council leader, Councillor Theresa O'Neill, described her shock to New Shopper after finding out the Labour candidates standing against her were all called O'Neill. Nice. Nice. I mean, this is dirty tricks. Now, I, I, I don't know. I thought Labour would be above this for some reason. She said that it's a plot to trick people who want to back her into voting for a rival candidate. She said, I think the whole thing is a bit pathetic, to be honest. They're just desperate. And uh, it goes on in that way. It's funny you mention this. I was listening on the radio the other day, and apparently there's a, new, there's a, a political party that um, I think are trying to take on UKIP. Who have registered their yeah, name? Yeah, I've heard about that. that. Yeah, I've heard and, it, and, and I think it's there's only a slight variation. It, it will go really literally is. above them, <laughs> and it will go above them in the in the voting order. Yeah. Now, Rob, a list of candidates published by the council confirms that in her Brompton ward, a Margaret, a Michael, and a Paul O'Neill are standing for Labour on May the twenty second. Brilliant! <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's brilliant. The two other Conservative councillors for the ward are also up for election. The list shows that two. What I love, Rob, here is the irrelevant information. You really, I love this paragraph. Okay. The list shows two of the Labour O'Neills live at the same address. Michael and Margaret and Michael are married, but are reportedly looking to move out of the borough after getting plans passed to build another dwelling in their garden. <laughs> okay. Paul O'Neill, who is standing for his first election, married Theresa Pearce, Labour MP for Erith and Thamesmead, this month, which also looks dodgy. But uh, his name's Paul O'Neill, and it's connected to Erith. This isn't Paul Erith, is it? Oh, God, I'd love that if it was. Who's a bite? People don't know. He's a regular commenter on the new shopper. Right, Rob, comments. Um, I was then surprised by these comments from the amount of flack that this councillor, Theresa O'Neill, gets from commenters who obviously know really? it quite well. Jip, uh, so this is, uh, there's some great comments here, Rob. Bexley is bonkers, says, quotes her, because she says, I came into politics to try and make people's lives better, because she's complaining about it. Oh, you fell miserably, they live in Croydon. Presumably, this is the same 35k a year Theresa O'Neill as the one who asked the police to arrest me after I commented about her online. And when the police came after me, they said I was guilty of, in quotes, criticising councillors. That's all. It was the best they could come up with. The IPCC showed Bex's finest the error of their ways. I, I'm not sure that's a crime. <laughs> when someone posted a load of obscenities in my name, the police traced it to a Conservative councillor's phone line. After he was arrested, Bexley Council arranged a secret meeting with the CPS to get him off the hook. Yeah, right, Theresa O'Neill came into politics to make people's lives better. Her life, her life and her cronies' lives. All statements here are well documented. Wow. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that they're not after you, Rob. It's true. Um, Jippo Joe, Joe says Theresa O'Neill looks like Nick Griffin in drag. <laughs> would, you like to see a look, yeah. would you like to see a picture of her? See if you agree. This is Theresa O'Neill. Uh, actually, uh, do you know what? No, I, th- I can see the resemblance. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Bit of a bit of a mean comment though, really, Rob. Yeah. And uh, last on this conspiracy theory bandwagon, here the facts says Theresa O'Neill is a control freak. Even her own councillors are scared of her. When they talk, it's her words that come out. She even controls the police. She's a nasty, horrible, vile control freak. Time for her to be voted out of office on the 22nd of May. I thought, Rob, that nasty, horrible, vile control freak would be a fitting oh, episode. Lovely. episode title. Yeah. I like that. It's good. Good. Okay, Rob, have you got some stories for us? I have, Ali. Oh. <laughs> well, they've gone, have they? No, 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 no. I've just had a, a Twitter request from Nando's Loughton. <laughs> Just uh, there, so just a uh, another glimpse behind the curtain there for listeners. Why um, are you tweeting Nando's? Uh, well, well, do you want me to go into this? As yes. Loughton obviously is where I live in Essex, and uh, they're getting we're getting a Nando's, and so I, I followed Nando's Loughton, and now they've apparently reciprocated. That was even more tedious than I expected. <laughs> 
sorry. On with the podcast. Okay. Um, straight in here. Um, we have what we haven't featured in a while is a, is a comedy efits, Alex. So I thought we needed one. You're right. I'd say a good thirty. I'd say a good forty episodes even. We haven't had one. For yeah. Them. Well, I if thought anybody knows if they're the, they're the local anaesthetic sort of podcast watcher out there who catalogues everything in a book. How long has it been since we had an efit? I say about thirty five episodes. And also, how long has it been since you last left the house? Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, so it's from the Stranglers Journal. Uh, bogus social worker. Police issue efit. Uh, police have released an EFIT in relation to a woman who called on a house in Quedgley posing as a social worker. The incident happened on Deerhurst Place around 2pm on Wednesday, April the 23rd. The offender who, was, who said she was from Gloucester Social Services was carrying uh, a fake badge, uh, visited a mother t- at the address and checked on a four-year-old son saying they were concerns for his welfare. Why? Why would she do this? I don't know. It's she didn't harsh. steal anything. No. Now, hang on. Why would you pretend to be a social worker actually to do... A routine social work job. Yeah. <laughs> she did a really good job. Maybe she knew the experience before applying for a Why social work job. Who knows? I don't know. Mm. Um, while no physical contact took place uh, between the bogus social worker and the baby, she did check the baby's heartbeat with a stethoscope. <laughs> uh, which uh, I don't think social workers do. I'm not sure social workers tend to carry around a I'm stethoscope. Just, I'm just worried Rob that you know in about a week's time there's going to be a local story in your area with an e-fit for a man who posed to be a cat sitter <laughs> <laughs> when you come back and find two of the cats but he buggered to death he, he did I mean <laughs> god <laughs> sorry sorry to bring but, up the but saying that he, he did have a, a stethoscope for some reason right why. yeah um, standard issue yeah the woman is described as white uh, with slightly tanned skin of a slim build in her 20s to 30s, 5 foot 6 inches to 5 foot 7 inches tall with dark shoulder length bob hair. She had freckles on the left side of her face. She freckles wore... on the left side of her face but not on the, yeah. not on the right. I think she did it with a pen. Right. Yeah. Uh, she <laughs> wore black trousers with a, uh, a cream v-neck uh, blouse uh, with yeah, frills right. on the front. Okay. So let, let's just skip. Can I just say though, the police inspector on this case is called Andy Dangerfield. Oh, fuck off. Haven't we had a Dangerfield before? I think we may have done, actually. Rob, there's a, there's a programme in that. Dangerfield. D.I. Dangerfield. I'm sure there's been one on ITV oh, that was called Dangerfield or Danger Dangerfood or something. It could be right, actually. D.I. Dangerfield. Anyway. Right. I think he's changed his name. Look, let's let's skip the fit here. Okay, Alex. Uh, just you know, uh, As always, you need to speak to the listeners and then describe what you're seeing. <laughs> oh, God. As per usual with all these e-fits, the face is good. The hair is terrible. What they basically always look like is a very well computer generated face that somebody has then cut out, uh, like in this case, a bob haircut out of out of like cardboard or, you know, that card paper and just stuck it over. It looks like a South Park hairstyle. See, and it comes too far over her face. So it makes it look like she's got no forehead. <laughs> what they're forgetting is since we evolved, we, 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 we gained those temple lobes and we gained the large forehead. We don't have chimp like foreheads. Well, you do, Rob, but that's because you're lacking in the intelligence department. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Uh, but I'll go one step further, Alex. It looks like someone's actually attacked that with, with, with paint. <laughs> Microsoft Paint, and literally. It does look. It's, you're very right to say the old Microsoft Paint package is, is what it looks like the hair's been done with. I don't understand how they can computer generate a face so well, but with the hair, they just say, I can't be fucking bothered. <laughs> I reckon it's two departments. I reckon there's the face and hair department, and the hair guy is shit. So if anyone does see a woman walking around the, uh, what's this, the uh, Quedgley area, with, which looks like uh, she has hair painted on by a three year old, let the police know. Uh, my next story um, is from the Gloucester Citizen. The citizen. The citizen. Uh, we stopped that, remember? Yeah. Um, the headline again is by Citizen Mike. Uh, 
An intriguing fellow. Oh, sorry, so I do apologize. He's got his full name this time. It's Mike Wilkinson. No, not who we thought then. I don't think he's the heir to the uh, Wilkinson fortune, but you never know. Uh, the headline Benefits Mum Cow Smith's Terror at my- Mice Invasion, but she can't afford £20 pest control fee. Hmm. A tricky situation. Yeah, exactly. A mice invasion at Mum Cowsmith's Madsen home, I'm not sure what Madsen is, uh, has left her terrified and having sleepless nights. But the jobless mother one uh, says her benefits do not stretch far enough for her to control, for, sorry, for her to pay for a, press, a pest control service. She fears that the mice may crawl over her five year old baby. <laughs> Don't laugh, Alex, that's wrong. <laughs> and gnaw her its brains out in its sleep. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's where she was going with it, yeah. Uh, uh, Rose Ann Will- uh, Williamson, sorry, <laughs> Rose Ann Williamson in the night at her Caledonia Road home. Her glossy accounts offer a 50% discount on the pest control treatment for people on benefits, but Carol says she Isn't cannot she afford... Isn't she council property? Yeah. So why aren't they paying for this? It's I don't their... think they pay anymore. I think they, they expect tenants to pay. Well, hang on a minute. It's their property that their housing are in, and she has a right for it to be a, a reasonable living habitat. If it's got mice infestation, they have to sort it out. She actually did say uh, a mice invasion, not infestation. Well, I don't know if there's technically... Yeah. <laughs> I think they've actually gone in with flags. <laughs> Um, Ukraine style exactly yeah flags and uh, Russian uniforms um, I've had mice running around the house for about a month now and the council won't do anything about it she says they are causing havoc pulling up the walls and making new holes pulling, pulling up, up the, the walls, walls. <laughs> what does that mean I don't know that's does that exactly mean they're building new walls in the house they're building, <laughs> they're building their own structure like they've got a conservatory they've got a they've got a snooker room they've got planning permission they've, you know, they're, they're making uh, it, it, there's, a, there's a new sports facility there's, uh, it's I ridiculous. like the idea of mice playing snooker do you? No. I, I can't help thinking their, their claws would scratch the blaze. Yeah, but they'd be very attracted to the game because of all the holes. Because they true. like things with holes, like Swiss cheese and mouse holes. Mm, but they might, they might ignore the cues. Yeah. This is the conversation for Daft Talk, Alex. Yeah. Um, I can't rid of them myself because I don't want to deal with the dead mice. Well. Yeah, it's part and parcel of you have I, to do I do think... Sorry, Rob. I really do think that if she's got... How old is this child? Uh, the child is... Did you say five months? Yeah, five months. If she's got a five-month-old baby, I think the council really need to do something about this. I don't think they can just say no. For fuck's sake. Where's the humanity, Rob? Yeah, that's true, Alex. And I think this is that's exemplified in the next comment. I'm scared to sleep. Uh, I'm, I'm scared to even sleep in my bedroom at the moment. But it has got so, it's got so bad, they're running around the whole house. I can't handle it anymore. I don't want to stay there on my own, so I'm going to my mum's house. It's not nice at all. Can't um, mum lend her the 20 quid? Well, you would have thought so. I've got a small baby and I'm scared they're going to try and call over me, uh, call over her or me in the night. She says that her pleas for help have fallen on deaf ears with Gloucester City Council telling, out, telling her she has to fork out £20 for her first visit and £18 for her second visit within a month for the pest control team. A third visit would also cost £20. Am I right in assuming that Gloucester City Council is Tory run? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, Alex. I think it's uh, it would be unfair to suggest that, but uh, I have a nasty feeling it is. Yeah. Uh, comments. Right. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, the first comment is from Nick Thompson. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a well-rounded, stable, balanced chap. Oh, Absolutely. Perhaps she should get one of her boyfriends to donate the £20. Or better still, get, her for, get off her ass and get a part-time job. What boyfriends? 
There's no, so just because she's a single mum yep. living on benefits, it must be that she has many male men frequenting her house. Yeah. Right. What a slag. Uh, Mr. Garnet, not my comments. The comments that uh, you know that was uh, that was me uh, incorporating the character of, Mr. of Nick Thompson. Uh, Mr. Garnet says, who also has a picture of Al Garnet, which probably gives you an idea of what he's about to say. Oh my god! <laughs> Slightly strange person to venerate. I feel. Uh, where is the father? Oh, for fuck's sake! Maybe, maybe, she, maybe, maybe he cleared off. Maybe, maybe he died. Maybe, maybe. And then he has to say, maybe she should engage Brain before starting a family with feckless men. Just saying. Fucking hell. We haven't had judgmental comments on this <laughs> since I last read out stories from the Bournemouth Echo. Exactly. It's been a while. Um, Edema43 says, borrow a cat. Failing that, get a job and buy a mousetrap. She's got a five-month-year-old baby. How can I don't? How, can, can you look me in the eye, Rob, and tell me how this woman meant? Can she technically get a job if you've got a five-month-year-old baby? Somebody would have to look after it. Yeah, and then you'd have to pay for childcare costs, I would have thought, which are, I think for the younger the baby, the more expensive the childcare costs. Yeah. Uh, Villager1950 says, now, if it had been Badgers, right. Badger Cole, yeah, Badger Bus Stop Crash. I'm just still perplexed by the... Yeah. Uh, and the last thing is slightly cryptic by M.M. James, says, invite the AIA round. They were probably... Uh, ca- the IRA? No, the ARA. I believe they've been disbanded. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not sure who the ARA is. Uh, they were probably catch... Ca- they were probably cage trap and vaccinate the mice to make them healthy. Let them, then let them go elsewhere to feed, feed owls and buzzards. I'm guessing the ARA is probably the anti-badger league. Um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure... ABA? No, the, the ARA. I'm guessing they're, they're, they're an animal... Oh, Animal Rights Alliance. That's who it is. Right. Is there a way to contact this woman? Uh, well, as mo- most people, I feel the only way to do that is via the story. <laughs> right. Uh, well, why do you feel we need to contact her? Right? Because I just think £20, we could donate other £20 if you could get rid of these mice rather than these bastards going on Are about Are you her. saying we're going to start an LA charity appeal? <laughs> we could, actually. Well, no, because we have no way for people to, to give... Actually, let me see a picture of her and... Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> No, let me see a picture of her. How, how does that justify things? I want to know why, how they've judged this. You have to keep the, the page being cut, has cut her face in half, but there you go. Right, so as I suspected, I, I, I'm going to make a, a point here. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? I think Do you so. know what I'm going to say? So basically, this is a white woman and a child is of mixed ethnicity. Yeah. And a lot of people then have thought, right, so th- th- this is, th- these are, these. Are, I think a lot of these comments are racially motivated against the father. I think that's fair to say. Right. And also the mice. Yeah. Mm. Right, Rob. I have a another story from us uh, for us this week. Again, from Melissa Hills from the News Shopper. Okay. From Wednesday the thirtieth of April. Now, Rob, I want you to get comfortable here. Right. Okay. Listen to this. And I this meant, is wait, wait. Okay. More comfy. Yeah. It, it's gone back in. <laughs> Good. Now, Rob, this is a. Uh, not really a funny story, and it's not, it's not a tragic story either, it's just a story, Rob, and I wanted to read it out because it touched me, I'd describe it as a touching story. Right, um, Alex, we've discussed this, we don't do touching stories on the podcast, they just don't make for good comedy. I, I really would like to do this story, Rob, it's a touching story, uh, it's a love story, it's a romance, Rob. Um, can, the, can I just put it on myself, Is it, does it have a happy ending? Huh? Does it have a happy ending? Yeah, no, it's got a happy ending. Oh, good. Okay. It's, just a, it's just an interesting story that right. touched me, so I just want you to listen, and, and with some decorum as well about it, because there's, no, there's <laughs> don't, no Don't say this. You know what happens when you say <laughs> that. There's no room for... There's no room oh, for God, don't say that. So this is a story, Rob. This is a headline. 
From virtual to real romance, a true war love story. Oh no, they play World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, they don't, Rob. You shouldn't jump to assumptions. It's got nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. It's a story which seems more like a plot for a cheesy chick. I think she... Did she mean a cheesy flick? I, I, I think, think she, she meant a chick flick. Yeah, she's put... It's, it's a story which seems more like a plot for a cheesy chick flick. I'll add the flick in for you. But for Lisa and Alex Askew, it could not be more real. Now, his surname is Askew. A-S-K-E-W. What's his name again? Uh... Lisa and uh, Alex Askew. Sorry, I used to know Lucy Askew, but that's yeah. related. His surname's Askew, which I find quite amusing in itself. Do you, do you think he is? I think he probably bends to the left. <laughs> but for Lisa and Alex Askew, it could not be more real. Melissa Hills reports. I should say that Melissa Hills reports. Melissa Hills is written in caps. <laughs> so it looks like Melissa Hills reports. <laughs> When Lisa joined social networking site MySpace in June 2007, does anyone still use MySpace? No. She had no idea she would meet the love of her life. She started chatting to a man called Alex, not me, who attracted her attention because of his army uniform. But what she didn't know at that point was that he was an infantry gunner in the RAF and was in Afghanistan. After a few weeks of chatting, Lisa plucked up the courage to ask if Alex's army uniform was real or just fancy dress. I would hope if he's wearing that, that is genuine. Although, yeah, who knows. Alex, 31, replied by saying, It's real, Lisa. I am in Afghanistan. And the relationship between them got more serious as the weeks went by. Lisa, 32, told New Shopper, Straight away I thought to myself, Wow, what a brave guy. It wasn't just Alex's uniform which attracted me to him. He had the most friendliest smile and caring mannerism. As you can see... Literacy is not her strong point because uh, that should be he had the most friendly smile and the most caring mannerisms, not he had the most friendliest smile and caring mannerisms. <laughs> but either way. Won't be cold. He listened to everything about me without moaning or complaining about the dangerous war zone he was living in. <laughs> <laughs> now, what a beautiful sentence. So, by her writing that, she's implying that if he had dared to mention the difficulties of fighting out in Afghanistan, she would have deemed it to be moaning and complaining. <laughs> I want to repeat this, this wonderful line. He listened to everything about me without moaning or complaining about the dangerous wars that he was living in. That's quite a striking, uh, <laughs> striking sentiment there, I must admit. We started chatting on webcam and the romance went from there. Every day for three months we would talk and he would call me from a call box in Afghanistan. <laughs> A cool box. Now, I, 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 I'm going to be honest here. I, I've never been. Do you think to he was really in Afghanistan? <laughs> Does, I'm not sure Afghanistan has cool boxes. I may be or wrong. That he would have the time to be stat. You know, he would be a target. <laughs> yeah. I just like the fact he's just feeding twenty pieces in this cool box. Sorry, love, it's bleeping again. Wait, wait one second. He's getting some more, more, more change. Yeah, probably have to get one of those phone cards. Oh yeah, phone card. Yeah, of course. God, what? yeah. What is this? The 1990s? Yeah. <laughs> we both knew from the first moment we spoke on the phone that we loved each other. What? <laughs> You could feel the tension from the sound of our voices. Now, I think that's the tension caused by the war zone. Is probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. That tension that you could perceive, Lisa, was him feeling the threat of a suicide bomber or some roadside <laughs> attack at any point. You know, being shot in the head by a sniper. That yeah, was the yeah, tension. Without a doubt. Lisa would spray her letters with Chanel perfume and a pink kiss. Nice. When Alex Which arrived, was deemed to be a letter bomb and destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been deemed to be a letter bomb. Probably, yeah. When Alex arrived back into the UK from Afghanistan, he was deployed to RAF Lozingmouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real place, is it? That's what he told her. 
Lisa was studying a level 3 diploma in holistic therapy and massage. So nothing then. <laughs> but packed her life into a suitcase and booked a 15-hour coach journey to meet Alex for the first time. In Afghanistan. <laughs> no, he's back now. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Lisa said when Alex appeared from around the corner, it was better than any movie you've ever seen or story you have read. I don't know, I've seen some good films. Rob, when Alex appeared from around the corner, it was better than any movie you've ever seen or story you have read. This was real. We ran towards each other, crying with joy, kissed, and Alex squeezed me so tight and didn't let me go for a long time. Again, that's the PTSD. I, I don't, yeah, but <laughs> PTSD, but I also don't think she's insinuating it was some sort of assault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just involved in a flashback. <laughs> the couple lived in the barracks for a few months before marrying in September 2008, and Alex left the RAF in 2009. They soon found themselves homeless and depending on help from charities, but found themselves living out of a car. <laughs> so, I love the cut in those sentences, because we get the fact that they got married, Alex leaves the RAF, and then it just says, they soon found themselves homeless, and depending on help from charities, and found themselves living out of a car, without any explanation, Rob. Let me, Alex, let's be fair, I mean, I'm going to be serious for a second, I do have respect for people flying out in Afghanistan and Iraq and so on, but... And we do know that the, the, the troops, are, uh, when they do return to this country, don't have the, the necessary support that they need. They do not. But at the same time, something's gone wrong here, and I think we need to know about it. Yeah, and, and we don't. And that's, <laughs> just, that's the tragedy, Rob. They have not made an act decision to make themselves hopeless, or, I don't know, living out of a car. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a big step. It is. And also, how can they afford the car? Lisa, who now works as a band's promoter, so got rid of the holistic... Okay, nothing. Uh, holistic therapy. <laughs> Didn't work out for her said Alex had a lot of pride and didn't want anyone to know we should have gone straight to our families and I don't I assume she's talking about the bankruptcy not about their marriage <laughs> or poor to promote some bands yeah the couple went to Bexley Council and were given their current home in Darrant Road Welling 11 months ago sponges the charity SSAFA which helps people in the forces gave them five grand worth of furniture that's good Lisa and Alex have organised a big event to raise money called the SSAFA Bandfest charity event at the Old Mill Pub in Plumstead Common on May the 4th May the 4th be with you from noon to 9pm to say thank you five bands will be entertaining the crowds and an auction will also be held Alex and Lisa's dad will also be playing entry is free that's the end of the story (laughs) (laughs) Melissa Hills is deputy editor she's a fine journalist (laughs) yeah apart from the stuff she missed out on that story (laughs) yeah I can't help feeling that I've been slightly robbed by what actually happened here. I feel like there's, a, there's something went went missing. It's a very touching Rob Love story. Yes, although we missed out most of what happened during it. Yeah. Okay, Rob, I believe it is time for our listener story of the week where we hear from one of the various sort of ne'er-do-wells who listen to this podcast. That's right, yeah. Um, this one is from uh, Nicola in Norwich. Ah, Nicola. Hello, Nicola. Yeah, one of, the, one of our regular commenters because, let's She's the it, only female listener we have who submits stories. She may well be the only female listener is. we have. Actually, that's a very good point. Amy, and this is speaking to you, Amy Thompson, who likes every one of our posts on Facebook, I'm expecting a story from you. Where does she live? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe. How do you know who she is then? Because she you know, said she likes every single one Oh, you one mean, of our oh, right, you don't know her. No, 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 I don't know yeah, her personally. Amy, Amy, come on, give us something. Send us a pair of underwear or a story. A, a story would do, uh, underwear later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this is, as always, from the Eastern Daily Press. Um, Actually, she might be like 80. In which case, keep them. Give them to charity. Send them to Africa. Yeah, that's true, they need them. For, yeah. uh, they, they could literally raise possibly pens. 
Yeah, or not even that. Um, <laughs> Barely an erection. Uh, the story's from the Eastern Daily Press, as I said. Um, it was sent to us by Nicola on Twitter. Uh, and the... Young, I'm trying to think how to put this. How do I say this? The protagonist in the story uh, then decided to, to wade in the conversation and he's, he's now following the podcast. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I think you... Did you not mention I did mention this, yeah. Uh, the headline, video, Sheringham Baker... Sorry, Sharon Baker, bakery worker, packs in his job to become a full-time Captain Jack Sparrow lookalike. A Captain Jack Sparrow lookalike? Does he look like Johnny Depp? Or can he just put on an eye patch and grow a beard? No, he's... I mean... I've, well, here, look, here, I, I'll show you the video afterwards. Right. But this is, so here he is. Can I zoom in? Yeah. No, Rob, he doesn't actually look like him. No, but, but he's... But, I, I think... but in, the, in the costume, he looks good. Yeah, right. maybe in the costume. What a career... For God's sake. Well, you say that, Alex. Why doesn't he do a course in holistic therapy and massage? Or become a, <laughs> or become a band's event manager, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, that's where the money is, I believe. Yeah. Um, you can live out of a car for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt Price, 39, has left his job with a, with a bread shop to become a four-time Disney pirate impersonator, complete with eyeliner, cutlass, and the voice of the Pirates of the Caribbean film's leading actor, played by Johnny Depp. Does it say what the bakery was? Uh, no, does was it, it Greg's? I, could I see? I have an issue. I don't. I, I can't. I know Greg's are bakers technically. Yeah, but, but you know why I'm mentioning this, don't you? I'm sure I've mentioned this to you before. David Hasselhoff. Am I missing something here? Yeah, I, I cannot believe I've never mentioned this to you before. Any, any local, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and any local anaesthetic listener will love this this short interlude here. David Hasselhoff. Uh, Goes out, doesn't he, with some girl who used to work as a receptionist or something, and they're they're, they're in this. She's English. She's English. Yeah, she's Welsh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he and I was reading, and it was ages ago, and I was reading some interview with him, and it was it was Rob. This was just priceless because what he said, Rob, is I actually I have this uh, this article bookmarked because I enjoy it so much. Right. It was an interview, and he talked about how everywhere he goes, he has to write signatures and everything. And he said, "This is his quote: Just the other night, I was in Wales with my girlfriend, and I went to her sister's office party." She works at Greg's. You know, Greg's, the deli. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Yeah. He, did, he described Greg's. Greg's as a delicatessen. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And uh, I just, I've always loved that, Rob. And I, uh, whenever I think of Greg's now, I always say to myself, Greg's, the deli. I've never really, can't think of, I've actually ever been into a Greg's. I think I might have bought a sausage roll from there once many, 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 many years ago. We're talking over a decade. Fascinating stuff, Alex. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, for Mr. Price, a former Sheringham uh, lifeboat crew member, it takes See, more. Baywatch. Than... See the connection? It all links, Rob. Yeah, but Alex, Baywatch fiction, fictional. The RNLI real. <laughs> yeah, but but he, not only was he a lifeguard like David Hasselhoff, but he also worked for Greg's. You've said. Uh, I, I, well, yeah, well, I didn't actually say that, Alex. He worked for a bread shop. There's only one bread shop, Rob, <laughs> and right. that's Greg's. Yeah, and Warburton's and Hobbes. And uh, no, they're not bread other. shops; they're bread makers. There's no shop called Warburton's, is there? Or Hovis? Again, Alex, this is the conversation for bread talk, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea for a podcast. Bread talk. <laughs> what's your favourite role? No, uh, that sounds like local. That does sound like local radio. Today's feature. What's your favourite bread? Do you prefer roles? a bat or a baguette? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it takes more than three hours for him to transform into the iconic character, Mister Price, who lives in Sharon with his wife Kim, thirty-one, and their three 
chihuahuas, said his new business has gone from strength to strength. By the way, he also has quite a passing resemblance. If you if you ever give up playing uh, Captain Jack, you could also possibly double as uh, Billy Idol. Um, he's gone from strength to strength since he sorry I just I mentioned that since he first donned the costume six months ago. He said it all came out of the blue. I was sitting at home one day and started doing Jack Sparrow's voice, and the wife said, "Hold on, do that again." Not in a special way, I don't think. So he's very good, is he, uh, at doing a uh, an impersonation of an American trying to do a pirate sort of accent. Well, obviously, it's actually it's, it's yeah, but I mean, you know who it's based upon, don't you? That you know when that when Johnny Depp was doing the character, he's based on Keith Richards, right? Yeah, Rolling Stones. So he, he can do a good impression of Keith Richards. Yeah. Uh, I dressed up, uh, I dressed up as a pirate for an event, and people recognised me as Jack Sparrow. So I decided to had to buy the costume. Uh, I'd never planned it, but now it's just gone mad. I have bookings here, there, and everywhere. Mr. Price's first outing. Um, so after Mr. Price's first outing, he bought an exact replica costume from Disney and now performs at a range of events, uh, events which, uh, which with bookings already made for Christmas. He said, if someone told me a year ago I was going to be Jack Sparrow, I would have never have believed them. And what's amazing about this is that the film Pirates of the Caribbean was based on a theme park ride. The theme park ride existed many, 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 many <laughs> years ago for the film. They, they liked the theme park ride so much they said, let's make a film about this. So his career is based on, essentially, a theme park ride. Yeah. That became a film, and now he's become an impersonator of a character in that film. And also, I would just like to say, if, uh, if anyone does go to Disneyland Paris, uh, there was a very good fish restaurant that just sits uh, astride to the, the ride there. They're not responsible, are they? Well, it would be amazing if they did. Yeah. Well, that would be a very, very new... <laughs> Sponsored by a fish restaurant based in Disneyland Paris. Yeah, I think we have a lot of Parisian listeners. Yeah, would you like to see the video? Uh, yeah, I'm still not entirely sure what I'm seeing. Oh, I'm seeing a video of him impersonating. Yeah. Is it is it bad, Rob? See, I'm going to think it is. Right, right. Well, then why are we covering it? Because it's comical. Is it from Breadmaker or Breadman to uh, Captain Jack Sparrow? Yeah, I've had enough. I don't think it's brilliant, but it's, it's passable. See, if he, he just sounds like a drunk man, Rob. Yeah, but you could argue that, unfortunately, because the amount of drugs and uh, God knows what else that Keith Richards put into his body, that's pretty much uh, exactly what he sounds like most days. Here's a question. Would you let him look after your three cats? <laughs> In that costume, without a doubt. Right. He's got a cutlass. Yeah, that's true. Well, on, on that note, Robert... I'm not sure I meant by that. <laughs> are there any, uh, are there any um, uh, comments on that story? Sally, no. no. Right. But yeah. what I will be doing is obviously uh, contacting uh, uh, Matt Price. You said he's following the podcast. Oh, hang he, on, I thought you said he waded into the story. Yes, no, he's following, he's following, the, he's following uh, the podcast, but I did say I'd let him know when the episode goes How did up. that happen? I'm confused. I think... Well, this, I don't really know, because... How would he... Because he didn't know we were going to read the story on the podcast. The only thing I can think was he was Googling his name... And right. Matt, Matt, you could tell us how you found this out because obviously Nicola tweeted us with the link to the story. Whether ah, he found so. the link or I don't know. And he started following us. Yeah, and he's, he's retweeted us and he's favoured our tweets and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, actually, then if you're listening, I mean, it is a good impact. To be fair, I've actually never watched any of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, but I know that, so I'm not best placed to make a judgment. So you're backtracking, basically. I have been on the ride, though, and I will say this his 
his Pirates of the Caribbean persona is very authentic to the uh, swinging boat ride that I went on. I thought you were about to say it's very authentic to the, uh, the, the animatronic robots that, that sing in the ride. And that. Which, of course, is not. It's, it's very good. What did you have at the fish restaurant? Uh, it, it was... Scallops. <laughs> it was scallops, that's what I had. <laughs> what did you... <laughs> What, we can't do it kippers, on the podcast. Kippers, that's what I had. Now, what, what, what did you have? Alex, it was in 2003. I, I can't remember what you I had. You remember the fucking fish restaurant? What was so great about it? Because I was sat next to a, next to a bloody theme park ride with, with Pirates of the Caribbean. Did you eat the meal on the ride? Singing, yo, ho, ho, it's a pirate's life for me. Did you, did you eat the fish on the ride? No! It was like a... I, I can't think of the word. Did you have crab bisque? I don't know what that is. <laughs> You're an idiot. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. Salmon. <laughs> you went all the way to Disneyland Paris. No, I didn't go salmon. all the way. I didn't go all the way to because the, they had a, I don't know, <laughs> an amazing it's not, fish restaurant. <laughs> it's not like an, it's a claimed fish restaurant. We to go to why Disneyland did, Paris. Why did you mention it then? Because I liked it because the atmosphere was. I don't know it's complete, and I know the atmosphere. You like the atmosphere. <laughs> I don't know the atmosphere is completely synthetic. Because what, what did you like about the atmosphere? I don't know. It's peaceful. What's peaceful? Right, okay. So is that because is that you fancy no, 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 your no. life on the open seas? <laughs> Pirates right, died me... of scurvy and things like that. There was nothing romantic about it. No, Rob. I know. Right, let me explain. Right, okay. So it's, it, it was after the ride had closed, so all the boats had stopped passing. I mean, when we first seated, there were a few boats that passed by with tourists. What is the ride? I remember it being a swinging boat thing. Is it no, not that? No, no. Pirates of the Caribbean is... It's, um, yeah, but they've changed it now to fit in with the movie, haven't they? No, what no, 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 because no, no, this, this was before, because okay. I went before the movie. So what, remind me of all the rivals. Right, so you got into one of the... Like, oh, is it a log flume or something? Yeah, kind of, yeah. But it's a boat. But it's all, it's, it's sort of set um, in like the bayou, so it's quite, there's lots of lanterns hanging down, and you go into um, Davy Jones' locker and so on, and there's yeah. people singing, and you get a bit wet and so on. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the restaurant sits on the, actually inside this, this, this cave uh, where the water goes through. I really look at my life. You, you do, Rob. Uh, and, and can I just say on that point, Rob, that out of the 90... As we're approaching the 100th episode, I just want to say something to you, Rob. A delicate matter. Right. Out of the 98 episodes we've recorded, which obviously includes this one, I'd say you've worn that jumper on about 63, <laughs> 63 of the episodes. And I think, I think Rob, it, it might have passed its shelf life now. You might want to think about buying yourself a new black V-neck. I can't imagine how hard to find. <laughs> Alex, well, this only has three holes in it. Oh, well, if a fourth pops up, then I'd give it, then I'd send it to Africa. Probably fair. Um, on that note, we, uh, we end this podcast and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to episode 99 as we veer, Rob, ever closer, as we teeter on the edge of this cliff. Which... Like the people in the boats on the parts of the Caribbean right before they went down to Dave Jones' locker. Yes, can we leave that behind now? Oh, right, Basically, sorry. as we approach this 100th episode of ours, this very special, Rob, momentous event, our centenary. I think it's worth to say, I mean, if, you, if any of the listeners, and let's face it, you probably won't bother, but if, if you do have any ideas for what, how we could, we could celebrate the 100th episode... Oh, um, actually, yeah. Nicola, Shay, all the regular people out there. That does mean we have to get this episode before, out before the, we air, the, which might be possible. Um, yeah, but please let us know. If anything you feel that we need, we should be talking about or ways to celebrate, anything you'd like to hear from us, let us know. Yeah, and uh, I, know, I know this is completely out of left field, Rob, but he does pop into my mind every now and again. I just wanted to say that... Parker from Washington, America. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I don't believe we've heard from you now for about 70 episodes, and uh, it would be really good to know that you're okay. Absolutely. Take care. God bless.